Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today we're going to be discussing They Live. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. So They Live. It was a uh, 80s 80s horror movie, yeah? What, what, yeah, what, what 1988. 1988. Um, kind of a, a critique on the Reagan era administration <laughs> a bit. Yes. It, well, I mean, it's a, it's a critique on so many big things about uh, our society like, as a whole. A lot of social commentary, and we'll get into every piece of it. But there's just so many statements that you see throughout the film that people just go on and talk about constantly yes. on podcasts, on weird YouTube videos <laughs> about all of the conspiracies. It's definitely like it goes straight into a hard conspiracy. Yeah, it it does dwell into that area as well as uh, just like a critique of uh, capitalism as well as just people's consciousness throughout society as it shifted between Reaganomics to a <laughs> regular a regular kind of shift between uh you know different classes and different social statuses uh that just makes me think of well was it family guy that had ronald reagan like running into a wall and just being like reagan smash <laughs> just fucking, like, and he just kept doing it and then eventually he stopped he's like reagan sleepy and he just goes to sleep like on the sidewalk so uh i believe this movie starts off with just kind of a view of the city Kind of opens up. the The main title card is like a spray painted "They Live" on a graffiti riddled wall. Yeah, and it shows up more than once. It's like "They Live and We Sleep" is like one of the main slogans. Yeah, yeah. It uh, just a little bit of a uh, some information on the background of the film. It was written by John Carpenter, but is credited as Frank Armitage. Yeah, which is a reference to H.P. Lovecraft's uh. I believe the Dunwich Horror, right? Yeah. The character from that. Yeah. John Carpenter also directed and made the music for it. Very true. And uh, it has a very, there's like some pretty good themes in this one. The main one being the blues inspired jazzy theme that you hear for every single scene. <laughs> that just keeps playing whenever it's, you see the main character on screen. It's like reminiscent of that creature from the Black Lagoon thing where that had the music cue, but it's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just like the entire time. <laughs> It goes on for like 15 minutes at one point. Just the same yeah. tune. Yeah. I uh, I really enjoy They Live, but we should probably get off to where it starts because it has that opening title card. And then you've got our drifter guy whose name is uh, who's Roddy Piper. Yeah. Which is like he was a WWE wrestler. Yeah. I yeah. That's yeah. why you might recognize him because <laughs> I was like, this guy looks really fucking familiar. And then I looked it up after. I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize that he was totally like. How long was he doing that for? It was like a while. Well, uh, for the wrestling thing? Yeah. It's been a long time for him doing the wrestling thing. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. But acting, I mean, that was like, they were the budget was somewhat small, so they couldn't really get that much of a lead. They had a budget of $3 million. At the box office, they made $13 million, so it made a good 10 Hell yeah. But that's what uh, John Carpenter said. He said that he wanted someone that wasn't expensive, but he thought that uh, he had the right gusto for it because he had so much sick fighting moves. Yeah. So like he, he knew how to it. do it. <laughs> and like uh, there's that scene about the bubble gum, which they ad libbed. Holy fucking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it turned out that Roddy Piper just has a book of one liners that he would save for wrestling and just pulled that one out of random. I can't believe how straight faced he was able to do that line. That's a, He's a very expressive actor. And like, honestly, he does a good job with the role given that, it has minimal dialogue for him. Yeah. And just a bunch of one-liners and just like shit talk. He does two one-liners like back to back in that scene. Yeah. He does that one. And then he's just like, mama doesn't like a snitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> 
I love my favorite one is when he goes up to you're fine, but this one's real fucking ugly. <laughs> but yeah, so it starts the city. We have Roddy Piper going in there looking for construction work. Yeah, he's obviously like homeless and is looking for a job. Mm-hmm. He goes into the job union, is actually looking for work, and they have none because a recession just hit. Right. Um, and it's he, Los Angeles, by the well, way. Well, he he lost his job at a at a steel mill, I believe, that he was working at because of the recession. Uh, I thought that was the other character. I think both of them kind of have like, I mean, maybe it's not exactly a steel mill, but it's basically both of them lost work in their areas. Like the work dried up in the area. So they both, you know, trying to hustle it now. Right. The other guy he meets is uh, Keith David as Frank Armitage. Yeah. From Chicago in the plot, uh, left to search for riches and work in Los Angeles because he needs to help pay for his kid and wife. So basically, it's just him trying to find work, asking the foreman, hey, can I get a job? I'm, I'm a good worker. I have my own tools. Just He is a standard blue collar. Yeah, he really Follows the is. rules, just does his own thing. He And he also just wears, like, flannel and jeans. Yeah, exactly. And boots, like, all the time. Yeah, he is definitely, like, the, the, like, the classic, like, blue collar worker sort of situation. They, uh, both, they both pretty much, like, both Keith David and Roddy Piper both look like that. Yeah. They both just look like Keith David is also really young in this. Yeah. Really like though. he, he also did a whole lot of movies when he got older. And so I only had that old image of him in my head when I was watching stuff, but he's really young in this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that yeah, I know John hates Rick and Morty, but there is an episode <laughs> in Rick and Morty where he does the voice of a giraffe. And that, yes. one. that does not surprise yeah, me. It's definitely Keith David doing voice acting for that. He's, so he's done some voice acting work too. <laughs> nice. is, my, is my point. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he's reverse giraffe. Yeah, reverse giraffe. That's right. He's reverse giraffe. <laughs> yeah. Which has got a short neck and a long body, I think. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, Keith David does a lot of uh, voice work, and you could recognize him as being another character from The Thing, which John yeah. Carpenter made a couple years yeah. back. He was also in what? The, what is it? The Chronicles of Riddick? Was another one he was in? I, he I was think. like he was like the priest that Riddick goes and sees to like for some help because he was also in Pitch Black, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like he's, Very interesting. he's in a few. Yeah. Yeah, Keith David has a good role with what he has for a, a side character. Yeah, honestly, yeah. He, he, it was interesting that they brought him into it, and he's – the only thing that seems sort of unlikely to me, but maybe it's just me, is that how friendly they immediately were to each other, where he's just like, oh, you need somewhere to say? Like, come over with me. But, I mean, I guess they were all technically sort of homeless. Yeah, they basically live in like a tent city. Yeah, a shanty town. Yeah, they, yeah. They offer town. they offer Roddy Piper's character, who's it looks like his name's John George Nada, or John Nada. John, yeah, John oh, or okay. George. They don't I mean, really they don't name him like the ever. Google one that I'm looking at says George Nada, but maybe it's John. Anyway, um, either or George John, you know. Also, they had to throw in a shirtless scene for the main character just uh, so you guys could see how <laughs> how built he is. How He's fucking bi- yeah, yoked. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely yoked. That is the term. <laughs> he we'll has use such for a like one. wide neck that yeah. like his head almost looks like it's like not sitting on it. This neck. boy lifts. It's ridiculous. But yeah, that was funny. I was like, oh, they just had to throw this in there. I didn't know this about Roddy Piper, but he used to wear like kilts what? on stage. Yeah, his like wrestling persona was all like wearing a kilt and just like fucking shit up. That's pretty funny. We should go find old videos of him. Yes. Because that, uh, that's like, it's like what The Rock did later. Mm. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to go from wrestling and then fucking be an actor. Fuck it. Yep. I think uh, after this is when he kind of just like sees some stuff going down at the church and Frank's like, hey, 
that's none of my business, man. He, he's like, how do you th- how do you feel about this situation we're in? He's like, well, I have a, a lot of hope for America, you know? Like That I, was hilarious. I, I couldn't help but laugh at that I'm moment. just a normal guy. I, I get my work done. I, uh, I, I try to stay out of people's things. I have a lot of hope for America, and I just, you know, keep to myself. Just like everything that you were taught with Reaganomics. Yeah. Just like do your bidding, do your work. Don't question other things. Let the rich be the rich. Let the poor be the poor and just focus on yourself rather than other people around you. That was a big thing about at, it. At one point he tells uh, Keith David's character, Frank, um, to that he should have a little bit more patience. You know, you should have a little bit more patience and sort and whatnot when they're like after work and everything. And it's kind of like a, an interesting bit of social commentary there with how some of the working class views the other working class and Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Well they they decided I guess I think the way that they ended up writing the film was to have uh these two men represent some sides of what the working class is. In some cases it's like what do you, uh I'm sorry, what's the side character's name? Um Frank. Frank. It's kind of like how he's just like, I'm just trying to mind my own business, just do my work and continue what I'm doing. And then there's other people like the main character who always is like, no, I need to know like what's really going on. And that's how he pretty much gets into, that's how the plot moves forward. Yeah. Cause he's like, I need to know what's going on in this church. Like, I don't know if I trust these people mm-hmm. and We're, just keeps putting yeah. his nose in places where it shouldn't be. Well, there's, a, there's an interesting part that comes up later in there in the, uh, the shanty town where they have the TV that everyone like humbles around. And every yeah. time it gets interrupted by the signal of this man yeah. Of this like like this like fat nerd basically well, <laughs> like telling them all yeah. that they've controlled our minds. They've put us to sleep. We don't see them, but they see us and they know. They know when they talk whatnot. about the death of consciousness and how uh they're basically going to be they being the aliens later right. on in this film are destroying the earth to use it for like new capital essentially and yeah. that we're all asleep to the what's going around on around us. Well, they even get into the point later on that um, they're cutting deals with some of the rich elite mm-hmm. because they're able to give them some more money. And so they kind of want to drive home the idea that like everyone sort of has their price. And in this case, all the rich people are like, yeah, we'll sell out. Like if as long as we're fine. And they're also like trying to show how they're using things like TV, any media really to like, put these subliminal messages into our mind that those glasses end up showing you. Oh uh, yeah. That's the thing. As soon as that broadcast is like interrupted, um, the guy's like blow it out your ass and then they switches the TV yeah. and he's like, I have a fucking headache. Yeah. Cause like all he was watching was advertisements for like different types of shoes and clothes and like food. And then it gets cut off and he ha- immediately has a, a headache because it's not the scheduled programming that the elite have for them. Right. Well, they have all sorts of stuff. They have things that are like obey, marry and reproduce, no independent thought, consume, buy, stay asleep, no thoughts, do not question authority, conform. So it's like all the main things that like everyone's convinced that society is trying to get us down. One of my one of my favorite ones is when he looks at money and it says this is your this god. This is your now. god now. <laughs> So good. It's uh, just a piece of paper and it has that on it. This is after because he goes to investigate this church that's yeah. nearby and he just kind of finds all these boxes of glasses and whatnot. Yeah, and he then doesn't this know is, what the hell's going on. And then the street preacher finds him in there, yeah. snooping around and starts like touching his face and stuff, trying to make sure that he's real. Yeah, he's very, he's such like a classic trope where he's like, even though he's blind, he can like quote unquote see. Yeah. Because he's like, uh, he's privy to all the knowledge of oh they're trying to brainwash everybody and there's like a larger conspiracy going on and then the other guys are in the other room trying to figure out how to interrupt television broadcasts with their own 
but they just can't seem to break it because they always get cut off. Yeah, it's like we only have 12 seconds of airtime. We have to just yeah. go to the source is what they're saying. And they're like manufacturing these mass amounts of sunglasses that allow this ability to see through the subliminal messaging and see their true intent. Right. I mean, eventually they've been interfering so much that this little shanty town just gets like overrun by police and they yeah. just kick them out of that area. The police state imagery is huge here. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> they like, like come in with a bulldozer. Yeah. yeah. They just like run over these people's homes and like like their makeshift houses and tents are just crushed and they're thrown to the side. I don't think anyone really gets killed at this point. They they beat the shit out but of the they preacher. They fucking beat the hell out of the well those two guys because they knew that they were the ones sending out the signal. Ah uh, yeah, and that was the thing they they refer to the cops like they are working with them to help like yeah. you know keep their form of society alive. Uh, they do make a point to show you that there are cops that aren't. And there's one that he even like tells him to put his gun down and then he runs away. That's but one of my are, favorite yeah. scenes. Put your gun down, man. <laughs> now beat your feet. Yeah. And the guy just <laughs> fucking runs. He's like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. Like, what was it? I think the first time I showed this movie to my friends, they're like, what the fuck is this about? I'm like, you got to see it to like really and yeah. like figure it out. But I was like, but cops do die in this film. Cops do die oh, in this yeah. film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I'm on board. Let's see this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, what? All cops are bastards? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, cops definitely get fucking shot. And they represent such a strong police state in this that reinforces this subliminal messaging given to you by like capitalism. And it was already commenting on that with the types of things you see on the TVs. So just the ads to like, go buy this, go buy that. And it's convincing like anyone who has money, mostly the working class, to go spend their money. Uh, after this ensues, basically, is when he goes into the church and finds the box that he hid away of the sunglasses. Goes into a random, you know, alley and is expecting drugs. Like, it, it mo like he thought like it had something to be something really crazy. important. Something like super like out there you know but it's just a bunch of sunglasses he's really fucking confused he doesn't understand but you know it. what he still hides them yeah i mean he puts it on and then he's like what the fuck because it just that's the thing with the uh, roddy piper is none of the scenes with the aliens and the things that he were he was looking at they were all different i mean like they weren't there in front of him he had to actually like just pretend that the alien was in front of him that he was shooting oh pretend yeah that he's yeah. seeing all these things because they're different they're shot in black and white and uh I'm trying to remember a bunch of the things they use like stop motion, like the robot aliens. Yo, that, that still fly. looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, for how old it is. Like they had just they had a little like uh, I don't know what to call it, like a surveillance camera that kind of flew around, like a little uh, UFO. It's like a drone. Yeah, it's like a drone. They that's the best way to describe it. And it ends up like following him around. Apparently, they can speak to each other on their wristwatches, and it's like a two way communicator. And it also teleports them if they're ever in danger. You you also hear. Um, as he puts it on the a bunch of broadcasts that just say sleep, yeah, sleep, yeah, yeah. It's sleep. like on every corner where the stoplights are. And then I'm trying to remember the last thing uh, about it. Oh yes, so with these glasses, like you hear that as well. But he goes into a store with it, and he's just seeing all these aliens among people, just living their regular lives. And this is my favorite part of the scene where. Uh, you have a normal person talking to an alien and he's like wondering like, Hey man, do you think I'll ever get the promotion? Like, do you think it's ever like going to happen for me? And the guy is just like so programmed and ingrained in society to be like, yeah, dude, just keep doing the same thing you do every day. So you can just keep on being that workhorse. Right. Like, 
yeah, dude, you'll eventually get the pr- promotion. Just keep with it and just don't question anything. Well, the guy who's, who's telling him that is one of those aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy asking about it is is a regular human. And he's like, man, I think I'm depressed. Like, I don't know what's going on. And, of course, he's telling him, like you said, where he's like, hey, you know, if you just, like, follow all the rules, you keep doing your work, you're going to give you a reward. And that's sort of, like, the mentality that we have now where everyone needs to be uh, doing something all the time. And they need to, like, be able to produce some sort of thing or else you're not really, like, worth it to society. We, we saw that meme earlier this week uh, where it wasn't a meme. It was more of just a critique on society where we have, have it ingrained in our heads that things that we do for pleasure and for enjoy, like, enjoyable fun yeah. are not productive. Therefore, they are worthless. Yeah, exactly. And that is very prevalent with blue-collar workers, more so than uh, white-collar. Because the thing is, I, I work in a blue-collar uh, area and i've met too many people that are like hey what do you do in your free time i'm like oh i do a podcast i'm in a couple bands i run a tape label with friends i like to play cards you know i do all kinds of stuff on my free time and they're like okay how much of that is making you money relatively none of it you know none of none of that <laughs> stuff makes me money but i do it because i i enjoy what i do right and so they're like oh you need to just stop that now and just do stuff that makes you money and that's just that's not a way to live and, and it's a very specific critique of society because if you're not working or doing something that's benefiting you for a dollar, it's not – it's, like, viewed very negatively, and I think that's a sad thing about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You see that all over, like, our social medias where people are, like, constantly showing you that they're uh, elevating their status in society and they're doing some sort of work or they're networking with some person. Like, they're never resting. It's always like, nope, I always got to do this. I'm always, like, hustling. And it's like – I know it's a joke now, but, like, those people who wake up every day and they're like, yeah, it's time to, like – go and do this job and make some money and they keep doing it every morning time to get this bread (laughs) you know that's exactly it and like and if you actually talk to these people they're not making shit they're like they're hardly ever doing anything and it's just because they want people to think that they're doing that it's like how do you how do you describe yourself i'd say i'm a workaholic like yeah that's fucking all right bootlicker Oh, man. Well, yeah. So you then have the break in our society where it's like you have people who are just trying to fit in and conform and get that money. And then there's other people who are like, no, you need to like not do that or else you're just going to work yourself to death. And then but most of the time, if you have that mentality, you just can't make that much money. And then you just live like that the rest of your life. So it's like, how are you really going to live in this society, especially in the United States, where we're all about the money and we're all about the status and everything? It's really hard to get a negative view off of people who don't have like a full-time job or work 40 hours a week or do uh, like things to quote unquote better themselves, which includes going to college, which some people can't pay for. So it's like this movie gets really deep onto what's happening with people when they can't get a job. Like they want a job, but they can't get one. Like he's, he showed the main character showed that he tried to go get a job and like had to just walk up on some random construction site and be like, Hey, are you guys hiring? And just started working that day, like no pay. So it's like, who knows how many different people have done something like that uh, in the United States and just never got paid. It just happens all the time, especially with uh, like people who work under the table and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. All the cash stuff they do under the table, all the immigrants who come in who are not legal citizens do that work. So there's just all sorts of stuff that they're commenting on. And then during that time period, like you guys said, it's related to like what was going on with Reagan and his sort of idea of what the economy should be like and how money should be spent. I mean, for for big facts, if you want to talk about big facts of what he did to the economy, 
in general, you can look at just the marginal tax rates of the time before yep. Reagan's administration. And then when he did his tax reform act, yeah, it cut this. It was 70% to the highest incomes, which we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars, basically. And uh, probably even in the billions, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and he cut it from 70% down to 35. Yeah. And then cut it again down to 28. Yeah. So, so he so yeah. essentially, essentially, you know, reinforcing the power that the wealthy in the country have. He's probably, he might be like one of the sole people responsible for creating a huge divide between I would the argue people who are so. poor and anyone who is really well, rich. That was the thing. Every, everyone who is a supporter of Reagan argues that, hey, man, he basically saved the middle class. Oh, uh, yeah. They'll tell you about trickle-down economics. For and you're like, X amount of years. Talking about? Yeah. So, but without getting too much into politics, even yeah. though this is heavily influence on that he gets the uh our our main character roddy piper gets the glasses yeah he figures out and he, and he just puts on. them on you know and then while he's putting on this is when he sees all of the subliminal messages and everything that all the billboards and magazines and money have written on them he starts seeing that there are people among them like the one of the biggest ones is when he's at the uh the magazine stand yeah and so he sees that one like the really like well-to-do guy who's an alien yeah like get into his car when he stares at him the guy's just like what do you want yeah, what's up, what's, dude? Yeah, what's going on, buddy? And then he's like, keeps looking at the magazine, and then the guy who owns it looks at him like, "Hey, buddy, you gonna pay for that or what?" And yeah. And he basically he he just no, never mind. And then he leaves and goes to the into mag- a grocery store. <laughs> the guy who runs the magazine shop though is a human. Yes. Yeah. So they definitely it's they it like the movie creates its own sort of set of rules. So you have. You have to have these glasses and or contacts, which happen later, uh, about how you can see them. And then they have like these safe zones where they're all meeting to try to figure out how to get the word out about these. And then you can just kill them with a standard gun. Like you could just shoot him. Yeah. There's not, Which they're not occurs, like, like I mean, not yeah. too many well, minutes after. What gets Rod- Roddy Piper or, or Nada in trouble? Is um, when yeah. he when he calls on he where he calls out that one lady. It's the scene Murray was talking about yeah. earlier. Where he's just like, you know, I put these glasses on, and you're all right, but this one right here, really fucking ugly. Formaldehyde face, <laughs> yeah, I think formaldehyde is what he calls face, her. <laughs> yeah. And then um, after that, he he falls over, and then uh, the lady that he's accusing, who's an alien, um, starts talking and says, "I've got one that can see." Yeah, that's just crazy, and they start going after him immediately. Yeah, and that's when he gets cornered by a couple of cops. I do gotta say though, he kills two cops, and no one notices. Yeah, it's, right. It's at first, at first, the only reason why they, they all know sleeping is because yeah, that's oh, that, oh, <laughs> you, fair point. No one's really paying attention to you, so yeah. that is a good point that nobody probably noticed because they're just they're just dealing with their yeah. own shit. And then he like rolls into a bank. They think he's about to rob him. Yeah, yeah. And then he has the classic yeah. line, which is, "I am here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum." <laughs> And it's it's classic. It's been it's been reused so many times. It's been memed and out of existence. Into it was existence. in Duke Nukem. Yes, I'm so glad you brought it up. I was like, that was the first time I heard it. I was playing the Duke Nukem games because they're fucking ridiculous. Where the all of the cops are pigs. Yeah, so <laughs> like literal good. pigs, like warthogs. <laughs> um, the thing, the best part about this movie is he's never kills. He never kills a human. Yes. He only kills the fucking alien race, which is the yeah. thing that John Carpenter wanted to cement into people's minds. Right. He hated movies like, uh, what is it, um, of the th- Signs of the Third Kind, or what was it called? Sorry. 
I'm trying to remember. He hated E.T. and oh. like the other movie that also has friendly I think it's aliens. like Encounters of yes, the Third Yes, yes, Encounters of the Third. Like he that. hated those kind of movies. He's like, I grew up on the 50s, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers yeah. and like uh, Fiend Without a Face. Like aliens come from another world and they just fuck with people. That makes sense. It's so, a different vibe. So that's that's what he wanted to grain with these kind of aliens. And uh, they do look like they have formaldehyde face as well. Yep. Well, like they're, they have like no eyelids from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Their face is like exposed down to like muscle and they have no lips. So their teeth are just constantly available. But it's funny because when they talk, it's obvious that they have like just prosthetics or they have just like something you slip over your face because mm-hmm. like only like the bottom part moves a little yeah <laughs> it's really it's really fairly silly um it looks funny when you're like listening to uh like the newscaster i think when he on the tv when he walks into the store he's like talking about all these things and he just starts laughing at it where he's like yeah look at this it would be this and then the that's when he notices the old lady who's like Ugh, like shying away from him because he looks destitute i guess and she's like she's clutching her pearls in that moment well that's Uh, the thing they're they're set in society already you have a lot of them just like playing the game just so they could influence others around them to do the thing yeah and then uh what ensues after is he's killed a lot of people technically in everyone's normal kind of viewpoint like he just went to a bank and murdered like seven to eight people in their mind so he's like on the run from cops and everything and that's when he hijacks uh, the Studio Fifty Four. Uh, I think she's a she's like a, a one of the bosses or one of the um, program directors. Um, yeah. For the place. Well, he doesn't know this at first. He just like Holly Thompson. Yeah. Is the name of the character. He's just like I need to get out of here. So he like he sort of like mugs her, but not really. He's just like yo, I need a ride, and like forces her into the car. Takes makes her take him back to her house, which is all a weird scene because like she's not sure what's happening. And nobody's convinced of the glasses. Like, he even tries to tell her, and she's like, well, I'm going to have to see whatever you tell me to because, like, I'm in danger. So he's like, all right, then have it your way. <laughs> like, from her point of view, a really crazy man just came in and right. fucking assaulted her with a shotgun. was just like, yeah. put these glasses on, and you'll see everything. And Yo, but you know what? I got to say, she took care of herself. She threw his ass out a window. Yeah, hit him over the head with a champagne <laughs> bottle. Yeah, she fucking hits him over the head and then straight up throws him through the glass of a window and he goes tumbling down and has to like scurry away after that. He doesn't even go back to the house. He's like, nah, fuck it. I just got thrown out a window. Like, I need to leave. I feel like, um, well, I mean, at least at this point. He does leave glasses behind, by the way. Yeah, he leaves his glasses behind at this point as well. And then he goes back to the, he goes back to the alleyway where he hid the box looking for them. And they're in a trash truck that he sees and he like hijacks the track the track the, the the trash truck and then like opens it up dumping all the trash everywhere the guy driving it doesn't even know <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what happened in that moment because it like tipped upwards to drop everything out of it yeah is that just what it does or did he do that i'm not sure because i don't think it would do that like on its own that's besides the point but like i was like what the fuck is going on and he just gets dumped out and like has the box full of glasses and then that's when I think it's Frank shows up. Yeah. Well, he goes back to the construction site and then Frank oh, that's tells right. him, he's like, you get better get out of here. People are looking for you. You killed seven people. Yeah. They weren't, give... they weren't people. How can you say that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's just really like... offended. <laughs> he gives him his paycheck and is like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. And then they have a, a, one of the greatest fights. <laughs> so just this straight is straight brawl in the alleyway. This is for a... eight fucking minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. an eight minute fight scene of punches. And, and wrestling moves. Yeah, totally and wrestling, wrestling moves. Yep. moves. 
Um, I would say that, but a really good, a, a good, a good read that I have of this is it's basically a representation of the black and white working class fighting against each other, being forced to fight against each other while the elite look down on them essentially, or ignore them entirely. And at the end of this fight, they then band together. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. That was good. That's a good read of it. And it's true. Because yeah, yeah, that's totally what happens. Yeah, it's it's essentially that, and then eventually Frank is convinced to put the glasses on and see right. what's going on, and he's freaked out by it. Yo, totally. The scene itself took a month to produce. Oh wow! And like they had Keith David as a boxer, not a wrestler. Yeah. So he ha- he was training with the stunt choreographer like every day, just like trying to get this down. Roddy Piper's Roddy Piper. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> He's doing haymakers. He's fucking it was, elbowing. It was very convincing. There wasn't a moment there where I was like, oh, it doesn't really look like they actually hit each other. It I was is, watching. I was like, yo, this guy got punched for real. Like something happened here. It's one of those uh, fights that you, when it came out was probably like the best fight in cinema history at the time. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that happened. And then like after that, like it's just it's now on the list in the top 10 and probably. <laughs> I like when, uh, uh, what is his name? Piper Rodney what? Roddy Piper. I like when he laughs in the middle of the fight. Because oh, he tries to break, because Frank tries to break the bottle and yeah. it just shatters entirely. He's yeah. like, ha ha. And then they like, keep fighting afterwards. He's just in the middle of this intense fight and just laughs at him. Yeah. My, so, yeah, my, my other favorite part is when uh, Nada's trying to get him up against the wall and Keith David jumps and then pushes himself against the wall to land right on top of him. Yeah. It, that one's fucking No, sick. yeah, there was some good shit in good that. Good moves in that Sucks one. for whoever's car that was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it was, I'm pretty sure that it was Frank's because, because Nada then says, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. He did say sorry though in that moment. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But I, I love that they did eventually come together and then they form like this coalition where everyone's like, this is what's actually going on, and we're gonna meet in this secret place. One of my one of my favorite uh, critique lines in this one is that oh, they keep branding us as communists or something along yep, those lines, yeah. and uh, and that's really reminiscent of how of how the right in this political climate views like the left in any stretch of the means, as they basically right. just go, "Hey, you're a commie." Obviously, that's all the reason they need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that like simple. But that's basically a critique of that, and I guarantee you that, especially during the '80s and whatnot, you had like your Red Scare nonsense going on. Oh, totally. On and stuff. It's like the end of the so Cold it's, War. So it's it's a big critique on that as well. So I'm sure you had that as well. Oh, you're not for everything going on in America? Must be a communist. Well, this is the time of like the Red Scare from Russia, so it makes sense. Yep. <laughs> and eventually, they figure out that they find the guy who was originally in the church. One of the, uh, one Gilbert. Of, yeah, he's there. He's there in like the hotel that they're staying in. He's like, "Oh, you guys need to like come to this meeting," and and then they're like, "All right, all right." So they show up and see all these other people who are there, and there's loads of guns on the table. So many guns on the table, and then uh, they're not even like standard guns. These are like assault rifles, and all. I'm like, "Where the fuck do they get Fucking all these Uzis things? and shit?" Yeah, he picks up an Uzi and is just holding it up, like pointing straight up. And he sees the. This is when they give him the contact lens. Yeah, this is when you're like, okay, it's really. Probably just for like action sequences. They didn't want to have the glasses going flying everywhere. So they're like, here's some contacts. And they didn't actually like put anything in. They just are it supposed also, to be. It also is a way of like disguising who right. can see and who cannot. Yeah. And then uh, this is when he sees the woman who threw him out of a window. Because <laughs> she actually put on Holly. the glasses that were left at her house. And then she's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> but it gets interrupted, dude. The fucking police just break in. I've never seen a more organized police scene. 
Yeah. Where they like drop to their knee and form like a firing line. Yeah. And just take out everyone in there. Shooting everybody. And this is when you get one of the best lit scenes in the movie with the alleyway um, and the flares. It's just like a super sick scene where uh, both Roddy Piper and Frank are going down this alleyway and they have their assault rifles and they're just trying to mow down all these police officers, which, by the way, are not aliens. Now we have actual cop murder on film, which yes. makes this movie the best movie of all. Okay. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> murder. Right. Just fuck anyway. the police. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <But> shut up. <laughs> it's true, though. There's actually like, this is one of those scenes where they're mixed in with all of the aliens and yeah. they start really just murdering people. He gets people on the roof. He's doing like bank shots. These are the most dramatic deaths. Like, this dude, like, throws his hands up at one point. Oh, it's like arcade shooter fucking yeah, death exactly. style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then I believe there's, like, a, one of the watches falls off somebody. Yes. One of the watches falls off, and then it says, like, oh, you've been disconnected from your communication device, and it will form a safety portal for you in yep. 10 seconds. And yeah, then... and they both drop into that and find yep. out there's, like, this whole under- underground network in Los Angeles mm-hmm. that all connects to the broadcast yeah, and they go to a. Uh, they basically go to like a big banquet yep. that's being held for all of the wealthy. This is so great. This is like exactly what rich political people do. They have a banquet and talk about how great they are and how much money they're going to make. I think it's crazy because the guy, the alien up front, is like, "So our pro- if our projections are correct, right by the year twenty twenty five, the coalition will be at one hundred percent." It's just like, wow. Uh, oh, we're yeah. pretty close to 2025. Well, that's great because they plan that. So basically, they get everything down to just numbers. Like, this is the money you're earning. This is what you need to do. And then, like, thanks for letting us like take over your planet. And you guys are gonna get all the benefits. And it's like everyone in the room there is either human or one of those aliens. And uh, one guy thinks that they're part of it, and he's just like, "Why don't you guys dress up? Like, why do you guys dress like shit?" <laughs> and it just starts showing them around. And this is great because. I feel like this is actually like what happens in corporations, like large things. Their real weakness is that they can't watch everyone at every time all the time. So there's always going to be these uh, times when people just kind of break into it and are able to kind of like take up a job and really see what's going on while also working for them. Yeah, he's he's just total like bootlicker status. Just like, yeah. hey, guys, this is it. This is, this is how This is how the world ends. Like, uh we just let them do their thing and we get rich. Like we, we will succeed if we just let them do their thing. Yeah. I think he does a, uh, he also like offers to let them see the, the studio. Yeah. The news studio. Yep. Which they're just like, K. Yeah. 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 Can we get in there? <laughs> like, can you show us how to get in there? We and... have to talk about the teleportation, dude. Yeah. That thing's so sick. So apparently the watch can just teleport you, but they don't really say where. It just like takes you somewhere else. It's you see a distant planet in the in the background. Oh, that thing! Yeah. yeah. So they get to this area where these aliens are traveling between planets. To like, like super fast, really fast. It just like it looks like um one of those I forget what they're called. The things in Star Trek where they beam people up. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it's super old nineteen fifties just sci fi effects. Yeah. But and it, it the, looks yeah. good. Yeah. Fuck. The background was like space. Like you're just looking. I out think onto it was one planet. of those paintings. Because they did a lot of paint. That's what I was trying to remember. Oh, it probably they, was. Like, the scene with the Obey and everything, all those were paintings. Wow. So, like, a lot of the stuff in this movie uses paint. Like, uh, when the building explodes itself, painting with a bunch of explosives on top of it. Yeah, I did see that. That was great. When, oh, when he blows up the satellite? Yeah. At the end? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was funny. I remember I was like, yeah, that's totally a miniature, but it works. So this is this is when they're like, hey, can we see what the studio is like? We want to see how this whole th- operation runs. That's so great. And then they're like, yeah, let me see your identif- identification card. And they're like, I got it for you. And they pull out their guns and shoot him. And this is when like they're just like going through, just trying to mow down any of the aliens and get to that communication tower. Dude, those scenes are hilarious because they keep cutting from them shooting people to this one scene of a gun shooting. And it's just like a side view. Of a gun shooting. Oh, yeah, with just the muzzle flash? Yeah, just the muzzle flash, and that's it. They keep cutting back and forth between that to save time. Yeah, and I think what the best part about that is, like, right when they kick open the door, there was a bunch of smoke machines, too, that were going off. So, yeah. like, fucking Roddy Piper and uh, what, what's that dude's name? Frank? No, no, like, his actual... Uh, Keith David. Oh, Keith David. Doom. Yeah. Like, this huge-ass, like, over-the-top entrance, and they're just shooting M16s at fucking aliens. Yep. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> And then he somehow runs into what's the girl's name? Holly. Holly. Yeah, he runs into Holly in in like one of the random hallways, and uh, he's like, "Oh, you gotta come with us!" And they all run to the roof. But this is when you find out that she is not who she says she is. And this is one of the most heartbreaking deaths: is she betrays and kills Frank. She shoots him in the fucking head. She like puts yep. it straight to his temple and just shoots him. And then runs upstairs and is just like, "Yo, you need to step away from the satellite." <laughs> Yeah, basically, like, corners corners Roddy Piper's character and just says, you need to just abandon this. There's nothing you can do to stop them. Right, and he's you... completely surrounded. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, decides that he's going to off her. This is the only human that he kills in the movie. Yep. Uh, except the... for the cops. Except for the cops. Yeah. Uh, did he kill human cops? Yeah, in the alleyway scene before I, they I teleported. It, oh, that's true. He did, yeah. He did yep. kill a few of those. But, yeah, she's the only other one, and he, like, does a quick, like, drop and shoot and fucking kills her and then turns around and shoots the the satellite that's but, sending out the signal. Yeah, that's the thing. They have a helicopter aimed on him and yeah, they're like, lower your weapon. Just has a big ass deagle. Or was it like a super tiny pistol? I don't remember if it was a deagle. No, or it was like a big rifle. Yeah. That they, oh, that they had. He had a pistol. Yeah. 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 And then goes he goes for it, shoots the satellite. Yeah, blows he says, up. fuck it. I love that one gunshot blows it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like video game esque, like yeah. last battle thing, where it's like, yeah, it reminds me of like when you play Star Wars. What is it, the Old Republic, where you got to like do missions and you just like hit a button and everything blows up. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah. And then um, so they, becomes, they shoot, yeah. they shoot him. He is a martyr. Yeah, but not before he could give the fuckers a finger. That's so great. He's like <laughs> laying, dying there, bleeding out, and puts up the finger. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> then we get the matte painting, and then uh, the entire well, explosion. Well, once the broadcast is taken down, now people can see these aliens for who they are. And everyone notices them, like, amongst them. Like, they're in the bar. They're like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? They're, like, on a date. There's, like, which I presume to be somebody who's a sex worker having sex with some random, like, business dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's wrong, baby? And his face is all <laughs> fucked up. And yeah. she like, and then it just cuts. Like, that's the end yeah, of the, that of the so movie. Good. Well, it, it cuts with the dude. Like, everyone's like, what the fuck's wrong with her face on the mo- on the news screen? They're oh, like, that's right. Get, yeah. Get the broadcast back up. And then uh, everyone's like, what the fuck is that? everyone's like that chick who's fucking that dude is like oh my god and then yeah and then she's it, a human then you just see the this is my one of the better parts is you just see one lone guy business guy at a bar and just the gulp you hear the gulp yeah, and it's yeah just like, he's the only he's one fucked. there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bad place for him to be and then that's pretty much it and yeah i mean at least he exposes them but who knows yeah. for how long Exactly. Because I'm sure they'll repair their broadcast system well, and keep it's going. it's never told if it's around the entire world or if it's just in L.A. I think it's just their area. And if it's just in L.A., then, you know, 
you could. And you this could, is why the LA riots happened. No, I'm <laughs> <just>. <laughs> I feel like people wouldn't be cool with that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and and so, it's a pretty like condensed story in that sense, where you get everything that happens within an hour and a half. It's like a shorter-ish movie, so it really isn't that long. But it's it gave you the impression of of like grandeur, like it had all of this big stuff going on and a much larger conspiracy, and this was just a piece of it. Like this is what's going on in Los Angeles, and this is happening all around the world on multiple planets, which also is interesting because that suggests there's other life on other planets that they're taking over, and that they travel yep. between the two, and oh. apparently they all do business. <laughs> oh, they even said it in the film like Earth is just a third world country to them. Right? Yeah, which is fucked. But like, why would you want to live in a third world country? I don't know. It was a weird statement because yeah. like they were like definitely making the world. So their argument was that global warming and all this other shit was happening because they were acclimating them to the weather, like to make it livable for them. Oh yes. Like the methane levels are yeah. up. They're trying to make their, our world, their world. Yeah. They're trying to like terraform the place basically. Um, and which, which includes killing all of the humans and, or getting them to live in this, uh, like working state where they're only going to work and work until they die. And then it's so like you get the idea that like, yes, there can be some fighting back some sort of rebellion to like uh, all of the oppression of capitalism, but also it'll keep going regardless of what's going on. And they d that's definitely one of the points I think he was trying to drive home at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. <laughs> um, was there any other scenes that stood out to you where you're like, it was either hilarious or you're like, this is great. Like, I love what's going on here. Honestly, you're the the bubblegum scene. That shit's so funny. Um, the the like you know the that that line is just great. <laughs> um, obviously the fight scene is is really good. I think we pretty much covered most of the really good scenes that are in the. Film. I really just like beat your feet. <laughs> yeah, he had some great lines. I I think uh I think at one point he talks to uh Frank's character and is just like. Oh, I want to know what's going on. He's like, you know, you know, there's like a line. You can't cross that line. I always got to stay on this white line. And he and the main character replies, well, you know, there's a white line in the middle of the road. And that's a terrible place to drive. And like, that's his reasoning for Ooh, that's like, a good one. yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. OK, like they just give him this random Whoa, line philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, fuck you. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then just sits there all day with the binoculars, like looking at the church. And he pretty much like he figures things out pretty quick like what's going on or at least is suspicious of what's going on. But one of the important things I think too, was how the police sort of responded to everybody. Like, even though there was some cops that were human and weren't necessarily like agreeing with most things, they did spend a good amount of time just trying to find him and keep everything suppressed. But this is also like something that happens in real life. Like there are uh, political leaders that just got disappeared. <laughs> like you don't see them and there's like random videos of someone getting like swooped up by like a random SWAT car or something. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> like that sort of, that sort of deal. Yes. There's like the weird murders that happen around the Clinton administration. Yo, that shit's like crazy. That. It's more um, than it's at this point. There's like several dozen people who just died in association uh, to like something. Clinton. The lady who released the Panama papers that revealed yeah. that a bunch of millionaires were going to be, we're basically putting all their money in offshore accounts and things like that. She died yeah, people, shortly after people that. People who are making new inventions that could take out oil industries, suddenly having heart attacks, you know, all kinds of weird, crazy stuff like that. Yeah. The movie does a really good job of playing on the idea of conspiracy and the idea of consciousness as well and how conscious is your fellow human being to the other humans around them. 
and what information are we given, what information is true, which of it is falsified. And on that note, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, a band I saw yesterday real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's a band called Incendiary. They're from uh, New York. It was their first time playing a show in San Diego, even though they've been a band for over a decade. Um, they're very political leaning, and they have a lot of lyrics that talk about the current state in which we are in within society. Uh, one of the main things that the vocalist was talking about on stage today was, or yesterday was um, people are very much with the rise of social media. Cause that's the thing with, in this movie, all the messages are either within print or on a television. And here's the thing, like your entire phone is an obey bay sticker or an obey oh. thing. <laughs> right. Your entire, it's a entire obey message. Um, as well as the social media that you use, he was discussing that people in Brazil uh, hired a racist, homophobic, uh, you know, just terrible person that does kind of like firing squad type of shit, basically because of YouTube, because you're recommended, uh, vid- uh, you're getting that YouTube hole, as we described. You're like, you watch a couple videos of a certain object or uh, section, and then it just, you get, you keep going further and further until eventually you're only being fed a certain source a certain amount of information from a certain perspective that is grained to yourself. Oh yeah, totally. There is a really good YouTuber by the name of three arrows and he's a German guy that basically analyzes uh, right wing arguments and he decimates them. Wait, was this the video that I watched with you and Dorian and one other person one time? uh, I feel like possibly. Maybe it was. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I should remember what it was about. Was it like the Marxist one or something like that? Or uh, how Marxists are the scapegoat for the, for the new right and whatnot. Yeah. You're right. Um, That was one of the more interesting ones I'd say. Or maybe it was Uh, a Russian guy who was talking about uh, it. It's a German, he's a German man that talks about, he even does a, uh, he does an analysis on the Rammstein music video that came out last year, uh, which was really good also. Yeah. Um, He has a lot of, a lot of things to say about controversy in that one. Uh, And so, he just has a really good one, and he talks about what Murr was discussing, the the hole that people get into when they discuss things. And he was specifically talking about right-wing videos and things like that, that basically once you view one, you view all of the other ones related that you're louder with Crowder, your fucking, uh, your Prager University nonsense, your et cetera, et cetera, other, you know, other things and whatnot. I don't want to brand myself as a lefty here, but... Uh, <laughs> but it, it's a lot of bullshit, and then you get basically sucked into it, and then it makes these super like hard right individuals out of all of these other opinions. Oh and yeah, you don't even consider the fact that these are just some average Joe schmo just railing off their opinions at you. They don't even have that much supporting evidence. They just bullshit things. Yeah, uh, there's a good video on him where he discusses the Crusades as well and the history behind like oh, all of them. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a really good video by him too. One about propaganda as well. Three arrows. Go check him out. He's awesome. I, I really like his videos. He does that makes good, sense. Yeah, he we, does good the, analysis. The United States has gotten really good at making propaganda not, oh, yeah. not seem like propaganda. Yep. There you go. That too. Um, I just wanted to finish off that thing about incendiary. Uh, yeah, with, go for it. There's a song that they played. Uh, it's called The Product Is You. Uh, the verse goes, what's it going to take to fucking change if these habits are ingrained? When everything comes apart gradually, we ignore what comes to us naturally. If you don't know what the product is, the product is you. If you don't know where the money is, the profits are growing huge. Punishment, because we are just a zero on the page in a book that tells us the story of our fate. Because we are a zero on the page, punishment against exploitation. The human error, 
exploitation is why we fail. It is an enduring punishment that everyone goes through. Goddamn. Um, as well as you lose the camaraderie of your fellow man and to other people and to high, high grade politicians and uh, people who look at numbers and stuff. People are just numbers selling them, selling the exploitation of ideas. Yep. People who are getting called out for their bigotry are still working and uh, having wonderful jobs because they could simply put money into other people's pockets. You saw it with Louis C.K. You saw it with other people like that. I mean, even though he is doing terrible things to other people or like any other thing with a politician, anytime they wave a fucking hand and they, you know, decimate a whole fucking country, they're making a profit for somebody. And that's the thing that you should consider is that the camaraderie between people and not numbers is uh, something that we should be having more of. And that you, at the end of the day, if you're under the influence that if you're not making your money, you're not living then you need to get that out of your head and you should really consider uh, having more love between people and more support for one another. And uh, just keep your ideals morally correct and not <laughs> for a dollar. I, I <laughs> Don't I, sell out. Speaking of, of, of lyrics that also that emanate this sort of idea, I, I love Bolt Thrower. And Bolt yes, Thrower has a, great, has a great set of lyrics at the end of their song, What Dwells Within. Which is actually kind of on the same throat, but the ending of that song has one of my favorite like verses, essentially. And it goes, As man judges all by outward impressions, our status is classed through amounting possessions, will shrouding the truth through deceitful expression, injustice presides by judicious obsession. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where can I find both of these bands? Are they available? Like uh, Bolt Thrower is easily found. Yeah. I, what about the thing is incendiary you could just find there you could f anywhere that music is streaming as well as online for records we'll just CDs plug them in right tapes. now real quick if people are interested uh incendiary their album the thousand mile stare i believe it came out in 2018 or 2017 nice. uh it's a very short record it's like 26 minutes hard hitting tracks if you like breakdowns and metalcore as well as stuff that just sounds like rage against the machine oh, if they okay, were a lot you. more fucking heavier and not as, <laughs> not as much funk interesting okay it sure. has that new york we'll style i mean zach de la roca is inspired i mean it's inspired from zach de la roca in his early days from inside out oh so all right did you guys have any other final thoughts about the episode or about the um the movie uh john carpenter has made another great cult film and i yeah how many just, john carpenter films have we covered already <laughs> it's, uh, it's like three i think four now uh, with this one Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be four with this he, sign. He proves himself to be a worthy, uh, a worthy director. Yeah, and he's able to create a whole world for himself because not only is he writing and directing, he's also making the the music. So he, he can make yep. all of the tone consistent through his entire movie. Everyone else is just helping him. <laughs> I I really like the soundtrack for this one. Yeah. It's very John Carpenter and uh, and how it does everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's just it's a really good soundtrack. It sets the mood really well for what's going on. Um, the I I enjoy I love They Live. It's one of my favorite like one of my favorite movies easily. Watch it with your friends and then uh, get some total radical anarchy going after. <laughs> it really does. It, I feel like it's definitely pushing people to be like, no, you need to wake up and realize what's going on around you. Um, and it's interesting that it came through the media outlet of being a film that they're talking about. It's he was sort of making a critique of his own industry. Yeah, I mean, he, he says that he loves making money, but he hates it as well. 
Right, because he doesn't want to be the only one who has that much money. And so he definitely takes the time to put messages into most of his films. And this is one of those. Um, and I'm sure he took some heat from it from other people who were making film at that time. Like, really? Like... <laughs> Also, you could probably catch John Carpenter playing live shows with his music. Uh, he's been doing a couple live shows here and there. I knew that he played L.A. last year. So, yeah, uh, if you see him on tour, he has some great themes that he plays through. Yeah. As well as there's an LP vinyl uh, that they are selling. Doesn't uh, him and his son make music together, too? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they both worked on the music for Halloween, the new one. Here, here we are being very anti-capitalist and then telling people to buy things. <laughs> yep. Hey, I didn't say to buy yeah. anything. I didn't, all right, yeah, <laughs> don't buy it. But, I mean, that's the thing. If you like themes, there are vinyl available. Right. Well, it's possible to support people while also in, like enjoying all the stuff. But you're right. Buy yeah, it's, 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 it's really sticky. It's yeah, really it's hard to be, like, to be like, I'm really against like mass commerce and – things like that and like you know against like the theories of capitalism but in america we live it every single day yeah every day you oh, have totally. to buy a thing if you want the thing simply because you're forced to yeah basically no Mur's not wrong either i would i wish i could tell you hey but then again there are ways to you know not make someone money by listening to it you know maybe just stream it. i'm somewhere. not telling you to go download it illegally but it's a possibility <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's possible to do that if you want to if you want to live that that true life right there total um, radical anarchy but 2020. I, don't, I don't i don't i don't really like stealing from musicians and stuff like that though they put a lot of work into what they do it's a lot of it's a lot of work That's I, a fair I, point. I don't i don't like doing that unless they're like really big name artists that are just getting shit thrown at them <laughs> but like your smaller bands and stuff like they're yeah, not totally. making much off of it no, and the industry really itself is in its own sort of in its own like bottleneck as it were sort of deal it's 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 suffering because of how because of how everything is working out and that's an entirely different topic though so still from your local walmart <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah their blind spot is in the toy department anyway the blind, the blind spot is in the toy department <laughs> they live is great i love it yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I agree. Definitely go watch it. It has a lot of rewatchability, like because of how all of the details. I was, I mean, I've seen this movie <laughs> at least three or four times in my life, and this is probably number five or four for me. Uh, this is like I, the second time I've ever seen it. Yeah, I, I every time I go back to rewatch They Live, or I'm sure it's someone else, I always enjoy myself. It's a really rewatchable, fun movie. All right, cool. Then before I let everybody go, we're super easy to find. You can find us on all of the streaming sites. So you can go to Spotify, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as SoundCloud, Stitcher, and CastBox are one of the big ones that you can find us on. We've got all of our social medias. So you can find us at BDTGH underscore podcast. You can also find the website on the Instagram and it, uh, as well as Twitter and Facebook. And it'll take you straight to our website where you can listen to the episodes on the site or go to one of the streams. Uh, streaming sites that works best for you and if you can leave a review for us on the apple podcast it helps us get viewed on the page and it um, really improves our ratings so that we can go through the site more easily um but that's pretty much it uh thanks so much for coming out to talk about this episode i'm mitch <laughs> i'm mer and i'm jonathan thank you <laughs> good night <laughs>